Hey everybody, my name is Tyler. I'm the student pastor here at FCC. Welcome to our podcast. We're glad you joined us. Let's get into the word. Father, show us how to show up and be present in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so turn to your Bibles to John chapter 17. John chapter 17. Turn to your Bibles to John chapter 17, whether you have a paper Bible or a tablet or a phone or a scroll. Some of you are really old school. You got a scroll. Uh, if you have the, t- the scripture tattooed on your wrist or, or forearm or whatever the case, find the scripture however you have to get it. And I want to tell you guys a story about my grandfather. His name is Archie. We call him Pops. And I remember uh, being in, in college, like my first year of college, and um, I had a car. My dad had helped me to get a car, and so I was very irresponsible. I know none of y'all can relate to that, but I was very irresponsible. So I would get parking tickets. Nah, I ain't paying that. I would get speeding tickets. Nah, I ain't paying that. Uh, the registration was due for my car. No, nah, I ain't paying that, right? So uh, long story medium, all these things began to catch up with me, and I got pulled over, uh, and they, they took my car. I'm like, y'all just going to take it, huh? Like, yeah, you, it's getting impounded, bro. Like, you got all these violations. And so, oh, I had all these violations. And so my dad was like, yeah, you just irresponsible. So you might need to understand what life is like without a car. So maybe you can understand the privilege that it is to have a car. Life lesson, right? So you, my grandfather, as grandparents do, he had mercy and compassion on me, right? Any, any grandparents in the house? And you know what I mean? Like, you're just happy to be a grandparent. So you see what the parents are doing, but you're like, Come here, let me, let me show you some compassion and mercy. So he showed me some compassion and mercy. We went to this auto auction, and he bought me a truck, a pickup truck. Now, this was the most ugliest truck that you've ever seen in your entire life. But Pops bought it for me, and it was my truck, and I was thankful for it, right? And uh, he didn't have to do that. He showed up for me. He was present. Then I remember later on in life, maybe about, maybe about three or four years after that, I still hadn't learned my lesson about paying uh, traffic fines or like not getting traffic fines. How about like that part, right? Like, don't worry about paying them if you just don't get them. Like, do the speed limit, you know, park where it says parking is okay, all that kind of stuff. So I hadn't learned that lesson yet. And, uh, and so this time, my, my license had gotten suspended. So not only did they take the car, but I couldn't even drive uh, legally. So I talked to my grandfather. I'm like, yeah, here's the situation, Pops. So my job was about an hour away from where I lived at the time. Pops came to my house, picked me up, drove me to work an hour, dropped me off, went back home, came back to my job when it was time for me to get off work, and picked me up and drove me back home. Every, almost every day, for like six or seven weeks. He showed, yeah, oh my goodness. He showed up and he was present for me. I knew that he loved me. I knew that he cared about me, but him showing up every single day, making sure that I was at work on time, making sure I was, I was picked up on time and driving all that way back and forth, not complaining, showing up and being present. I'll never, ever forget that. And so today, I want us to look at uh, 
one of the seven disciplines of, of being a disciple maker is showing up and being present. Those that, that God has given you are the, the responsibility and the privilege and the opportunity to make disciples of that you show up and that you be present for them. Like Jesus was present for us. What does that look like? It looks like getting out of your comfort zone, laying down your preconceived ideas and laying down the the thing that you want to see happen or that you want to do. It's got to be about him, not about me. Everybody say that. It's got to be about him, not me. All right. By now, you should be in John chapter 17. And it says this in verse one. And Jesus spoke these words. He lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son may also glorify you. As you have given him authority over all flesh, he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. Jesus is literally praying for himself in this moment. And this is the eternal life that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. And now, O Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. And then in verse 6, he begins to pray for his disciples. He says, I have manifested your name to the men that you have given me. I have manifested or revealed your name to the men that you have given me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they have known that all things which you have given me are from you. For I have given to them the words which you have given me, and they have received them, and have have known surely that I came forth from you, and they have believed that you sent me. And so as you look at John 17, a lot of Bible scholars uh, concur that this is one of the most powerful uh, uh, verses of Scripture in the Bible in, in John 17 because Jesus prays for himself, then he prays for his disciples, and then he prays for all believers or the, the, the future believers that his disciples will lead to Jesus Christ. And he prays oneness and unity, and it's, it's really beautiful. But it was interesting as I was looking at this, the first five verses of of chapter 17, he prays for himself. The next uh, 14 verses, he prays for his disciples. And then the last uh, last few verses, he prays for all other believers. But he spent the lion's share of this prayer for his disciples. Jesus was so intimately connected with his disciples that he he prayed he not only did he spend time with them not only did he show up for them but he prayed earnestly for them on their behalf he interceded he stood in the gap for them he showed up and he was present John chapter 1 verse 14 tells us that the word or Jesus was made flesh and came and dwelt amongst us and I think that's just such a beautiful picture and, and, and such a such like uh, just a responsible uh, life lesson that Jesus showed us. Like he came and did life and dwelt amongst us or tabernacled amongst us, amongst human beings, amongst mankind. He didn't like send a text message. He wasn't like, yo, I love you and like I'm going to like die for your sins. Send blue bubble, green bubble, depending on if you got an iPhone app. Like, he didn't send a testament. He didn't shoot like an email. He like came and did life 
and got in our business and said, yo, bruh, I came here for you. I'm going to die for you. Like, all this is for you. I'm walking with you. I'm here to shape and mold you. Showing up and being present. What does that look like in your life? Who in your life right now can say, you know what? He shows up. She shows up and, and, and they're present. There's no substitute for that. There's no sub like the pandemic has 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 like just amplified the the you know the the effectiveness of Zoom and Teams and you know uh, Microsoft all the stuff right where we can meet virtually, and those things are cool. But there's no substitute for being present. No substitute at all for being present. I remember when my daughter Maya was born, and she came six weeks early, and she was she she had to go to the NICU and. Um, you know, they were, she was really tiny. She was like three pounds or something. And, and so I wasn't overly concerned, but I mean, obviously we we're concerned. We wanted to grow. We wanted to be healthy and things of that nature. And so I remember being uh, in the hospital room with my wife and uh, I hear a knock on the door and I'm like, come in. And around the curtain walks Chuck and Kathy Foreman. I was like, hey, man. Now, he had sent me a text before that because <laughs> here's the deal. When Maya was born, she was born on a Saturday, like early Saturday morning, like two, in the, two or three in the morning, right? Um, and I was supposed to preach on Sunday, that next Sunday. Well, I had to text Chuck and be like, hey, man, I got a situation. I'm not going to be able to preach because uh, I got a baby, right? So I text him. He texts me back. He's like, okay, I got it. And it was, it was cool. Like, the text messages was cool. We had an exchange. It was cool. But when he showed up, when Kathy showed up and they were present, I was like, Phew. me and my wife was like, yo, hey. It's different. It hit different when you show up, when you're present. It, it's, it's different when, when we're doing life together rather than me just talking to you about it. It's different. I could take you through, through the motions of what it, how to change the oil, and, and this is what you do, and you, you got you to gotta take off the drain plug and drain all the oil out, and you take the fill. Like, I can tell you that, but for me to show up and to show you and to put the right socket in your hand so that you can do the job, that hits different. That's what disciple-making looks like. Yeah, I can give you the recipe, but it looks way different when I show up in your kitchen and say, hey, show me where your eggs are. Show me where your seasonings are. I'm going to show you. I'm going to walk with you through how to do this. Now, those are, are what we may call superficial examples. But what does it look like when you show up after a person has gone through divorce? After they've had a miscarriage? After, after they, they got sentenced to five years, what are we doing? Where are we showing up in the lives of people? Because we all put our hands up and our deodorant was fresh and we all said, I'm a Jesus follower, which means that what Jesus did, I am doing. But if you're not showing up for people, if you're not showing up for the people that God has placed in your life, then you're not doing Jesus following right. 
And I'm not saying that to beat you up. I'm not saying that to make you feel some sort of sad way. I'm saying that to challenge us, to, 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 to help us really see this thing for what it really is. Do you know that you hold the answer to the world's ails, to what people are going through? You hold the answer to that. Are you being selfish and holding on to it? I like to say it like this, like the world is walking around with this big old thought bubble on top of their head. Y'all ever seen the cartoons or comics? Some of the old school people, y'all seen the comics, right? Y'all remember comics? Don't play me like y'all don't remember comics. All right, all right, right? So they got the thought bubble on top of their head. And, and just get this picture in your mind. The whole, the, the world around us, at our schools and our grocery stores, everybody, like they, they're walking around with this thought bubble that says two plus two equals question mark. <laughs> My man, hey, he's smart even in, in the summertime. Like, I don't need no school, it's four, right? <laughs> but, but get this picture, the whole, like, everybody around us is walking around with this thought bubble, two plus two equals question mark. Politicians are walking around with this thought bubble, two plus two equals question mark. Teachers are walking around, first aid responders, like people are walking around with this question. They got questions, and we as Jesus followers are walking around with pockets and backpacks full of fours and not giving them the answer. That's jacked up. If we wasn't in church, I might say another name. That's marked up. That's best up. Okay, let me stop for I really get in trouble. <laughs> Listen, Jesus says in verse 6, he says, I have manifested. He says, I have revealed, I have revealed or manifested you to those who you gave me out of the world. They were yours and you gave them to me and they have obeyed your word. We've been talking about disciple making for well over a year now. Because that's the heart of God. That's what he wants us to do. And it's not rocket science. It's not biochemistry. It's not algebra, trigonometry, and geometry, and calculus all mixed together. It's not hard. It's really simple. All we have to do is the people that God gives to us, love on them. Make disciples of Jesus said, I revealed those to those whom you gave me. Reveal God to the ones that he's placing in your life. Just be a reflection of the heart of God to the ones that... So here, what that tells me is I don't even necessarily have to go and recruit disciples per se. I just got to pay attention to who God's bringing around me and be intentional about being a reflection and a true representative of my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in their lives. I should be representing Jesus. When people see me, they should see Jesus. When they hear me, they should hear Jesus. But could it be that people don't hear Jesus because Jesus' followers don't sound like Jesus? They don't look like Jesus. They don't show up and be present like Jesus. And so I get this picture that, that Jesus says, you gave me these people. 
They were yours and you gave them to me. Now, I need my, I need my helper. Come on, little helper. This is my little guy, Levi. Hey, buddy, buddy. You say hi to everybody or not? All right. So, so here's, here's the picture. When I read verse 6, this is the picture that I get. This little guy belonged to the father, but he gave him to me to point him back to the father. So, so Jesus says, put that, put that verse back up. He says, I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours, but you gave them to me. And they have obeyed your word. So, so here's, the, here's the deal. Like, you got to see this. God's creation, God's people, he has given them to us so that we can point them back to him, there, there must have been something that he saw in us that we had the ability to actually do what he was asking us to do. Think about that. Now, I'm going, come on, you're going, you're going to be my prophet. <laughs> so, so I'm God, and here's your disciple. Now, Jesus said that he was yours, but you gave him to me. And then here's the, here's the good thing about God is that he says, I'm going to give you my, my, my creation, my offspring, and I'm going to give you instructions on how to take care of them. I'm going to give you these instructions. Here, take the instructions to show them how to get back connected with me. I'm going to lay out these instructions to show you how to love them, to show you how to show up and be present for them, to show you how to, to look over various errors. I'm going to give you instructions along with giving you the disciples to be made into disciples. Look, she took that disciple making thing for real. <laughs> but what, is, what does that say? Now, let me be super, 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 extra, super, extra, super, 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 duper, duper, super, super, super clear. I gave Levi to Priscilla because I know for a fact that Priscilla is going to take care of Levi. The people that God is bringing into your life, he's bringing them into your life because he knows that you're going to take care of them if you do what he's instructed you to do. But we got to get off the sidelines. We got to get out of our, our own comfort zone. We got to get out of this, this making excuses. If I'm a Jesus follower and Jesus laid down his life, then I should also be laying down my life. Now, I'm not saying that you got to get up on the cross. Jesus already did that. But can you lay down 15 minutes to go and connect with the guy that, that, that needs some mentorship, that needs to hear that you went through the same thing that he did, and here's the blueprint of how you get through it. Let me walk with you. Can you lay down your life for 15 minutes? Can you lay down your life for a connection group for an hour? Or are you like the disciples in the Garden of Gethsemane when Jesus was praying on his last night and he, was, he, was, he went back and forth with the Father? If it's, you, you, can you take this cup from me? Can you take uh, this assignment from me? And he, he, he wanted Peter, James, and John to go and pray with him and they fell asleep. Are you sleeping? Wake up! 
When you see all the, the, the news reporting and the riots and the, the protests or whatever you want to call them, the, the, the civil unrest happening on your TV screen, are you looking at that and saying, this is an opportunity for me to show the love of Jesus to some of these people that are hurting, to show the love of Jesus to some of these people that are gloating and like people need Jesus. They're walking around with two plus two bubbles on top of their head and you have a four. What are we going to do? We're going to answer the call. <laughs> Perfect segue. You got to be quick on your feet. Amen. So let's look at verse 7. Jesus says, now they know that everything that you have given me comes from you. The, the, one of the crux of the effective disciple making is I'm pointing people back to God. I'm pointing people back to Jesus. It's not about me. It's not about me. Everything comes from the Father. So when I'm, when I'm walking with guys and I tell them, man, I've experienced divorce. But now I'm experiencing bliss. I'm experiencing bliss in marriage. And it ain't just no honeymoon phase. Amen. But I can tell them how that happened. This came from me submitting to the Father. I can give them the blueprint on how to experience the same thing I've experienced. And it all has to do with the blessings of the Father and me giving him my yes. Oh, this is so good. Okay, so let me, let, me, let me just drop this on you real quick. Can I drop something on you real quick? This is what I call a disciple maker's prayer. Okay, a disciple maker's prayer. It says, Father, lead me to the people. Just like the song said, lead me to the people that you have given me to disciple. Give me the right words that will enable them not just to hear me, but to hear you through me. Show me how to be a reflection of you in every way. Please show me how to reveal and manifest your character and attributes. I don't know if this is in your bulletin or not, but if it's not, if you want it, I'll give it to you. And here's why. I want us to do some radical, crazy, out-of-the-pocket stuff. Like going to the COVID wing in the hospital and asking the head nurse, hey, can I pray over all the, the, the patients here? Do you mind if I do that? I guarantee you at least eight out of 10 of them are gonna say, yeah, sure, no problem. And, and while you're at it, can you pray for me too? Go to the next protest or the next rally that, that you may or may not agree with and say, and say, Father, lead me to the people that you have given me to disciple. Give me the right words that will enable them not just to hear me, but to hear you through me. What if you showed up at a, at the, at the, at a pride parade and prayed that? <sighs> What if you showed up at, 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 a, at, a, at a rally or a protest of people that support abortion or that or against abortion and you, you prayed that? What if you, what if you showed up and prayed that prayer uh, during, during times where the teachers are striking or whatever is going on in society? What if you were like actually a Jesus follower and said, you know what? I got fours in my pocket and in my backpack and I'm going to take the answer to everybody that needs an answer. I don't care how you voted, if you had an R or a D or an elephant 
elephant or a donkey, the stupid emblem, like none of that matters. I want to show you Jesus. See, because Jesus was that like kind of radical dude. He's like, oh, you got leprosy? That's mad contagious. All right, what's up, bro? What's up? How you doing? Chop it up, man. You know I can hear you. You know what I'm saying? And like all the Jews was like, he touched that was unclean. Oh, God. He has the heebie-jeebies. Jesus wasn't deterred by that. See, like for real, for real. Everybody say, for real, for real. Come on, say it. I know that. I'm not saying that. Say it. Say, for real, for real. Like, for real, for real? Like, Jesus was that dude, bro. Like, Jesus had dinner with prostitutes. Let a preacher have a dinner with with some prostitutes. Y'all going to be like, "Mm, see, I knew it was something funny about that church down there. But you're a Jesus follower. See, it's easy to pick out people that, that have been labeled by society. Oh, yeah, they definitely need Jesus because they, they, they support this agenda or that agenda. or They definitely need Jesus because they're, they're a prostitute. They, they definitely need Jesus because he got arrested for, for uh, domestic violence. Yeah, they definitely need Jesus. What about you? Just as hateful? I ain't talking to Aunt Susie because she got me an ugly sweater two Christmases ago, and she know I don't like sweaters. They make me itch. (laughs) Somebody somebody got an ugly sweater? But I'm just saying, like, that's so petty, and we, we split and make divisions over the stupidest, most pettiest things, and people are dying and going to hell with this thought bubble on top of their head, and we just watching them go. There goes another one. There goes another one. There goes another one. Y'all sound, the, the body of Christ sounds like DJ Khaled. Another one. It's so funny, like, how some of the room gets the joke, but then the other part of the room is like, Google, DJ Cat, who is it? Oh, okay, another one, right? Show up. Be present. Do life with people. You don't have to have it all figured out. I'm going to say this, and then we're going we're gonna to get into groups. You're going to get into groups of like three or four, whoever you came with, and you're going to have a, like a small group discussion about what you got out of today's message. But I, I want to leave you with this. Like, disciple-making is not hard. It's, it's so not hard. Let me show you how easy it is. How many Gospels are in the Bible? Four, right? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The challenge, the, the easiest way to make disciples is to make a fifth Gospel in the Bible. The gospel is the good news, right? Yes? The gospel is the good news. So in your Bible, you'll see it says the gospel according to Matthew, the gospel according to Mark, the gospel according to Luke, the gospel according to John. What is the good news or the gospel according to Jerome? What is the good news or the gospel according to Chubb? What is the good news or the gospel according to Marisa? What is the good news according to you? Tell that good news. That's your springboard to making disciples. That's so easy. The Father will help you. 
Everything that Jesus did, he did based on the instruction of the, the Father. Everything that Jesus said, he just said what the Father told him to say. The same applies for you. So get together in small groups, those that are around you. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in with us today. Stay tuned for more content coming soon. Have a blessed day.